Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website, www.exchangechurch.org.au. Who believes, firstly, that God the Father loves the Son, Jesus Christ? Who believes that the Father loves Jesus? You do? Excellent! This big kid does too. I can see up the back, that's right. God the Father, thank you, loves the Son. Now, here comes the critical thought. God the Father loves you as much as he loves his son. Did you know that? Just think that through for a second. You're kind of thinking, how did you come to that conclusion? Well, we're going to turn to, it'll come up on the screen, John 17, 22. We're going to be expanding on the chapter of John 17, which is a prayer. And John 17, 22 says, The glory that have been given to me... That's, that's the glory that's been given to Christ, I have given to them, that's you, that they may be one even though we are one. Jesus is praying how the Father and him are one so that we are also one in Christ. Our union, our relationship in Christ is such an important thing because... It gives us that relationship with the Father and we then receive His love. See, the bottom line is God calls us. He forgave you through the sacrifice of, of Christ on the cross and He created this relationship between us and the Father. You see, it's in Christ alone that we receive our salvation. We can do nothing to have a relationship with God for the penalty of the sin that we have done. It's only through Christ and only through what he has done in the, on the cross that we can have that relationship with the Father. And when we have that relationship with the Father, we receive the same love that Jesus also receives from the Father. Now, is this for everybody? No. And yes, the offer that and what Christ has done on the cross is for everybody. But it's only for those that receive this gift. It's only for those that acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Saviour and follow Him, receive this relationship with the Father. Let's just focus on that thought again. I want to read this. Let's just think for a second. And this is a bit of preparation for communion that we're going to enter into. God the Father, his full wrath was poured out onto his son. He held back nothing as Christ took every one of your sins to the cross to die the most horrific death. Now, we're comfortable here, it's wonderful, and we have a relatively comfortable lives, but let us realise this has been given to us because of the incredible sacrifice that the Son gave on the cross for us. 
Jesus committed no sin, not one. His sacrifice was so that all those that call him Lord and commit their life to him will have a relationship with the Son and the Father. Now, this is called substitutional atonement. It's the doctrine of substitutional atonement. Big, long word. What does it mean? Quite simply, Jesus took our place and took on our sins as if he lived our life to the cross. We took on his righteousness as if we'd lived his life. Isn't that just an amazing thought? Our sins to Christ on the cross, his righteousness to us, his children. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. Today's message is called A Prayer from the Son to the Father. Let's open in prayer. Lord, we come to you now. Lord, we come to you as children and wanting to learn from your word. Lord, we praise you for the word that you have given to us. And Lord, may we be having hearts that want to be filled more and more with your truths. Lord, we just pray now as we unpack John chapter 17, that we'll grow more in a closer relationship with you. But most importantly, can we take just one point away and not just say, yeah, that was a good message, but rather, can each one just take away one point today that will have an impact in their lives? Lord, we just commit today to you now in your name. Amen. The big idea for today, or rather, this is the question that I've got to give. Does God want to hear the reasons behind our prayer requests? Interesting thought. Does God want to hear the reasons behind our prayer requests? Now, we're working through today John chapter 17, verses 1 to 26. So we will be moving. Um, Better take my watch off. What's the limit? Two hours when Todd's away? <laughs> so look out. Okay, this chapter is known as the high priestly prayer. This is Jesus' longest prayer that is given in the Gospels. Why is it called the high priestly prayer? Now, this prayer is given as his final instructions to his disciples just before he is betrayed, arrested, and crucified. Now, a high priest came into beginning um, at the beginning with Mount Sinai. This was when God gave the law to the Israelites through Moses, <laughs> then Aaron, then through their descendants in which priests were chosen. One of the priests was selected to be the high priest who was able to enter the Holy of Holies. And this was the innermost room of the most sacred area where they worshipped and also offered sacrifices to God. 
Now, there is a day which they had called the Day of Atonement, and this was one of the most solemn days. And this was the day that they would offer, it happened once a year, a sacrifice for the sins of the people. It was a temporary cover of the sins of the people. Now, Jesus came to offer his life as the ultimate sacrifice to the world, to completely cleanse all of us for all time, the final sacrifice. And only Jesus could give us that sacrifice because he was the only one that lived that sinless life. Jesus is the final high priest. We do not have priests at all. Todd is a pastor. Todd is a teacher, but he's no priest. We offer nothing in sacrifice or anything in our actions or in our good works or anything to create anything in a relationship with the Father because that relationship was created because of all that Christ did on the cross. And it's only through him that we can have a relationship. And it's so wonderful because I'd hate to think that we're relying on whatever I could do to have a relationship with God because I would fail miserably and I have. But because of Christ, we have that relationship. Now, let's go to the 17th chapter of John. It is divided into three parts. The first part is of a prayer that focuses on Jesus' mission on earth. The second part focuses focuses on the 11 men seated around Jesus who will become the apostles of the early church. Remembering at that point, they didn't understand the church was about to become into beginning. And it's quite amazing. There was this amazing plan that was to take place after his death and resurrection where the launch of the church to where we are today in the church. And then there was the third part where Jesus prays for the church, for us overall. Now, let's look at the first part. Now, here, Jesus makes two requests to the Father. And the first request comes from verses 1 to 4. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence, that the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Now, Jesus' agony of his death was only hours away, and he knew this. In verse 1, he is talking that Jesus is asking the Father to glorify him. Now, in the context of what's happening in the Scriptures and everything around, what Jesus is talking about is bringing him through the crucifixion into the resurrected life. And this is Jesus' first request. Notice in verse 4, Jesus reminds us that he is on a mission. 
when he says, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Not only is this a heart-spoken prayer that Jesus to the Father, it is a prayer of an example to us. Because in the opening parts of the prayer, Jesus is explaining his rationale to the Father as as he prays his request to the Father. All the Father knows everything, but he didn't need to explain it. But Jesus needed to expand and be an example to us in his prayer life. He says in verse 4, I glorified you on earth. I accomplished the work you gave me. Jesus is sharing his mission journey to the Father. Prayer is not just about praying for others in lifting up requests. It's also about our heart praying to the Father that the journey of being on mission, which we all are, in Christ. He wants to hear our journey. He wants to hear what's going on and he wants that from our heart. Jesus explains what's behind his his requests. Now, let that just be a teaching moment for us to explain stuff that's behind why we're asking for these prayers. The Father delights in his children in hearing what's happening in their heart. Now, prayer has a purpose in aligning our hearts with God rather than trying to change God's mind. Let me just read that again. Prayer has a purpose in aligning our hearts with God rather than trying to change God's mind. This is kind of a lesson for me and Kathy at the moment. We're going through some challenging moments in our life. And uh, there are things that we don't know or understand of the future, um, medically wise. But my heart is that I want to be aligned with God's will. I want my life to be aligned in Him. I have the struggle of the emotions that pull me one way. I have my spirit that pulls me the other way. But what I want is not my emotions to pull my spirit down, but the spirit to pull my emotions up. And how will that happen? It will be when in prayer I am aligned with God's will. I am aligned with him. I'm not calling out for him to change his mind for any of my destiny. That's in his hands. But what I am calling out is for my spirit and my emotions to be connected into his will. Let's move to the next section. This is found in verses 5 to 8. Let's read it. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out to the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. Jesus' second request is to ask to be asked for the glory he once knew before he became a physical man to be once again restored. Let's just think that through. And as I do, I'm going to read Philippians 2, 6 and 8. 
this will help us understand this. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equally with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. In Philippians, we are hearing how Paul is saying Jesus emptied himself. He is describing that Jesus gave up everything. He had everything and all glory and he put that aside to come as a human being who was fully human and fully God. It's a hard thing to comprehend, fully human and fully God, but he was and he came here for us. And what now the Father, what Jesus is asking for is for his glory to be reinstated back upon him. It's also interesting, it's also thought of that Jesus was an ordinary man to look at, nothing impressive. Everything was taken from him and he was just an ordinary person like us. Back to John chapter 17, verses 5 to 8, now is the moment that Jesus is asking the Father to glorify him to be restored through the cross. And again, Jesus offers the Father's the reasons to restore him to the state of his glory he once knew. Jesus says he has manifested the name of God before men. The Greek word manifest simply means to make visible and clear. And that's exactly what Jesus did when he gave up his glorified position on the right hand of the Father. He became a man and Jesus showed the world who God is in physical form and to come here to teach he had a mission and ultimately that mission was to be fulfilled on the cross and through his resurrection. Now we move to the second part of the prayer where Jesus is now praying for the 11 men in the room with him. This is John 17, 9 to 14. Let's read this. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine. I am glorified in them and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joyful fulfilment in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. This, sec this section is directed directly to the apostles, and Jesus is focusing here in his prayer on those he has chosen. Now, Jesus gives the reasons why the Father should preserve them. These apostles belong to the Father, since the Son and the Father 
has a personal, sorry, since the Son and the Father share everything, then Jesus' apostles are his Father's apostles. Therefore, the Father has a personal interest in preserving them as they are also his disciples. Secondly, Jesus says he is going to leave these men behind when he departs. Therefore, Jesus appeals to the Father to provide care in Jesus' absence. Thirdly, at the end of verse 11, Jesus asked the Father to make these men one. The Father should preserve these men so that they can act as a team, reflecting the unity that exists among the Godhead. Now, this is an incredible lesson for all of us here at Exchange Church. More strongly between Todd, Rob and myself, we treasure unity, very much so. And I can tell you within our elders meeting, we've had some robust discussions and I love it when we have those discussions because we're free to express, to work through, to pray through, but we always walk out in unity in one mind, in one direction, because we know the importance of unity within the congregation, which has been given in here, which is for the disciples. He wants them to be one. Jesus wants us to be one. He wants us to be single-minded in the focus of the mission that Jesus has given us all. Next, Jesus prays for them to be physically and spiritually protected from Satan and his forces in the world. And this comes from John 17, 15, verse 15 and 16. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one, that they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Jesus asked to protect these disciples from the evil one. And really, the the reason is quite simple. These disciples are not of the world. They are of the Father. They don't belong to the world. They are born again and of and born again of the Spirit, and they belong to the Father. And Jesus is asking to protect them on the mission. He knew what mission they had ahead of him. And sometimes I think, isn't it wonderful we don't know what's ahead of us in life? The disciples didn't really understand. But as the right time comes, it was exposed. And that's like in our lives. God will move in our lives and expose the steps as we work through our Christian journey at the right time. Now, once again, the prayer is a conversation in which Jesus is giving reasons behind his requests. And then when we go to John 17, 17 to 19, he says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. You sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also may be sanctified in the truth. Now, the Lord is calling for the Father to sanctify these men. And notice that, that the way Jesus asked that sanctification would take place, and it is that it will take place in the truth. What's the truth? It is the Word of God. That is what has been given to us to know the truth. And he's asking them to be sanctified in it. What is one of the distinctives that we have here at Exchange Church? And it's something which drawed myself here 
And I know in many other conversations with many that are here, it's drawn them. And that is, we'll open the Word of God and we'll work through the Scriptures and we'll see what unfolds for us in our lives. And it is one of the most wonderful things that we can do in coming to open the Word of God. And that's exactly what Jesus wanted the disciples to do do and to be sanctified and to be covered in his teachings. Now, what does it look like when you're covered in his teachings as we want people to be covered here at Exchange Church? Firstly, convicted of their sin. The word convicts us of our sin. How do we know what sin is? The word reveals it and we are convicted of our sin. We are then instructed into righteousness And that's what he wants the disciples to be, to be instructed in righteousness. He also wanted them to have the courage and the desire to obey. Now, that's an interesting one. And it's something whereby I was reflecting upon. We need to pray in our lives to have the courage and the desire to live the Christian life and to be obedient to him. We really need to really grab that and say, Lord, I need that. I want what you wanted for the disciples as well. I want that desire and it's a heartfelt desire. Um, Look, there are so many aspects within exchange that brings me great joy because I see a lot of teamwork and working together so that we function as a church. I call this a working church. And I say that with great joy because we as a team need to work together so that we can worship, so that we can support each other, so that we can be what Jesus wants us to be in spreading the gospel message, so that we can come together to cry with each other, to grab hold of each other. Moving to the final section of the prayer... Regarding all believers, Jesus has more requests to the Father. Let's go to verse 20 and 23. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will, <clears throat> who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you the Father are in me, And I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved me, even as you loved me." Now, this section is dealing with us. This is dealing with all believers. Notice that Jesus defines clearly how his disciples are going to be made. And it will be those who believe in the word of God. It will be those that are sanctified by the word of God and have it just right over them. And they have that desire to learn and to grow deeper. But not only to grow deeper, but to live a life outgoing of showing Christ's love through them. It will be those who believe in the word. The growth of the church 
is dependent not on what we do, but on Christ and His Word. It's not by um, anything that we can do here that will attract people. We want people to come to Exchange Church to grow in the Word and to have that covered in, over their lives. That is our primary focus here. Secondly, the verses are asking that we be of one mind and taught according to the one and only Word of God. There are not multiple ways that we can come into faith that saves us. There are not multiple sources of truth at all. There is only one way and that's through Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. It's the only way. There is no other way. Finally, as Jesus did the works of his Father, so believers who will be united for working for the common goal. And what I want to say is unity, unity. Not unity for what unity that I can present you, but unity that Jesus presents us. It is but a joy to come to church here. I can tell you, and you can ask Rob and Todd, we don't have a whole lot of politics, which is wonderful. We do. We discuss, we have a passion for the lost. We have a passion for you here at Exchange. And our heart is to seek God's will. And what we have as a driving force here is to be able to walk in obedience of Christ, to minister in his obedience, to serve you. And I have to say for myself, when they asked me to come on the eldership, the first thing that hit me was, "Uh uh-oh, I've got to become more humble and become more servant-like. And I've got a lot of work there. I have to come under and not from a top. I've been in churches where it's top down. That's not what an elder is. It's a servanthood. It's coming under. It's to say we love you. It's being um, one that we as elders want to love and to serve you. And more importantly, we want to direct people to Christ. And if there's anyone here that doesn't know Christ as their Lord and Saviour in a real passionate way, come to Rob today. Come to myself and talk to us. Come to Doug. There are so many people here that would just love to share to you about Jesus Christ, his wonderful gift of grace. And this is our passion as a church. Within the true body, the works we do are to come together to share a common desire, which is for more men and women to come and know Christ. And that's our collective desire, that we want to come together to share that gospel. What we want is the church, the true church, to be united in our identity, in knowledge of the truth, and in works within him. As he and the Father are one, we want to be one with them. Let's go to John chapter 17, verse 24 to 26. Father... I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am 
to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the word. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I'll continue to make it known that the love with which you have given me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus' closing request to all believers is that the church will also be glorified in him, for us also to experience the glorification of his resurrection to heaven, that we also, as a body, as a church, will be glorified as well, one in him, one in each other, in unity with the Lord, in unity with the Father. In conclusion, isn't Jesus' prayer fascinating? In that, have you ever considered organising your prayer life in this fashion? What do I mean? Jesus arranged his prayer request to the Father with the reasons behind his request. Even though the Father knows all things, Jesus gave us an example in prayer. He wants to hear our heart. He wants to hear what's going on in here and he wants to hear what's happening behind our prayer requests. What are some of the threads in today's message? Jesus gave up his glory so as to come to save us so that we too can be glorified in a permanent relationship with him and in his presence. Jesus wants no one to go to hell. Yeah, it's that four-letter word. It's that word of what is hell? First off, it's being not in the presence of the Lord. It's total separation from his glory. It's that total without having the relationship with God the Father and the Son, as well as many other things. But first off, he wants that relationship with the Father. And here comes the critical thing. We can use, I can use passion. I am passionate about this to try to convince you, you've got to come in a relationship with the Father. But here's the reality, that passion will die. It has to be that you recognise in your own heart the calling of the Father within your own life and to respond to that in a powerful way and saying, Father, it's you I'm going to follow no matter what. I praise you for going to the cross to substitute my sin by you taking on the cross and you giving me your righteousness and your glory. That is just mind-blowing that we receive his righteousness and his glory. We can only get that if we choose to give our sins and acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Saviour, that he took us to the cross. He took our sins to the cross. And I do, I'll, I'll use the word I plead with you for this, because we are one day closer to the last days. When is this all going to be wrapped up? I don't know. Todd's been dealing with revelation with the end times. What I do know is we're one day closer. And what is important is today is the day of salvation for all. And at another level, it is also a day for us to be stirred up in our own spirits. 
because I know amongst here are so many believers that love Jesus. But I ask the question, can we be more stirred up for Jesus? Can we be more and we get even closer to him? What are some other threads? We see Jesus' overwhelming love for his disciples and the church. And that's what you're going to see from Todd, Rob and myself. Because it's not because we have to do it, it's because we want to do it. We have an overwhelming love for you and the church. Jesus intercedes for us knowing we are on mission, knowing there is a purpose in our ministry at Exchange at Shepparton. We have a purpose in raising up the name of Jesus. Jesus clearly calls us not to be a part of the world. Jesus desires us to be one in him and one in each other as a body of believers. I'm going to take a little bit more time, a little bit of liberty here. There are things that we have differences of opinion on, spiritual things. And one of the things which I love is robust conversations. But at the end of the day, we are one in him and we are one on mission for him. That is just so important. I've been in churches where it's about the politics, the divisions, and it's like, you've just missed it. (laughs) You've just missed it. But what we want here is that one in unity, to have robust conversations, to discuss things of the word, to open the word, to discuss things. That is great and I encourage it. But at the end of the day, as Todd expresses, there are open-handed issues and there are closed-handed issues. And there is only, with closed-handed issue, I'm telling you, there is only one way for salvation. And that is a non-negotiable. It is through Christ and through Christ alone. And that is the central message that we have here at Exchange. It's just through Christ and Christ alone. We can do nothing. He has done everything. Let us pray. Lord, we come to you now and we praise you, Lord, for the sacrifice you did on the cross. And Lord, I just imagine the heart, well, when you prayed this prayer with the disciples, knowing that you faced the cross that was hours away, you were praying for the protection of these men. You were praying to the Father, explaining my mission is complete. I have made known, I have made known your glory but he also knew what was in front of him. He was also praying for us, the church. He was asking for us to be sanctified in the word, for the word to cover us. Lord, the passion of the cross, the passion that Jesus gave is just overwhelming to understand. But Lord, he chose willingly to go to the cross for us. So Lord... Today, I just pray for just a couple of thoughts to be taken, Lord, that just with as where eyes are closed. Firstly, the Lord wants to hear our hearts and to hear what's behind our prayers. And secondly, the Lord loves you so dearly, so dearly, that he went to the cross willingly, a sinless man who gave up his glory to become but an ordinary looking man so that you all could be here 
and have new life in him. Lord, may we just, just focus on that for one second and just let our hearts just be melted. And if there is anything in our hearts, Lord, any sin that needs to be confessed, anything that we have been moving away from you that we acknowledge needs to be removed from our lives to get back into a closer relationship with you and to be one with you, may we be challenged by that today as well. Lord, we give you the glory and we are here to worship you as one in spirit in praising you. And as we are about to enter into communion now, may our hearts be softened as we take the elements to acknowledge the true significance of the elements in what you went through for us. Lord, we praise you in your name. Amen. We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today. If you have any questions or comments from today's talk, please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au. Also, we love to welcome new people at Exchange Church in person, so consider yourself invited to be with us.